Good morning. This is Tavo Diarcy from the DFW Leader Ministry Fellowship.com out here in South Carolina, North Carolina area, serving Dallas, Fort Worth as well. And whenever people need us, we're online or on land, getting my new offices set up. And also ready to counsel, wise counsel to ministers, male and female. We deal with relationships, strategy of ministry, hearing from God, and also uh, theological choices. Because we really understand I'm part of the uh, maven of theology, the maven of theology, noble Berean. And I was brought up to really trust the Bible, understand it, and not just take any type of doctrine floating around and believe it, that's where we're mentioning all the things we do. And when I do this, I do it not dogmatically. I do it perceptively with authority, but then I submit it to you for you to be the noble Berean that would make Apostle Paul proud. That means you bring out your own Bible and study it and then see if it's really so, if it lines up with the New Testament without the law, because there's a lot of legalism there. A lot of major legalism and a lot of Christian doctrines. So our Maven of Theology site is tcleader.com. But we are here today to talk about our kickoff, the foundations that need to be laid with 3J2. 3J2 is a emotional, mental, spiritual lift. It can result in faith birthing and manifesting new things, new ideas, new dispositions, and it can keep a lot of people from being oppressed, harmed, even psychologically destroyed because of all the pressures and tests in this world today with fear. So I'm online so that anyone can tap into this. You can Google it. You can see the online fellowship on our our, our anchor.fm noble Christ following. And we are here for the body of Christ and we're part of a team. We see ourselves as a just part of the Christian team and that Jesus Christ is the head coach. We're here for the black and the white and the brown and the tan because we believe that there is no such thing as a divided body. You can have different opinions, different colors, but really you're supposed to be a community. I also am not a red state person. I am a believer, and I'll vote as the Lord tells me, but I believe that I can identify with a liberal, very liberal, or a very uh, Republican. But when I say red state, that is not to accuse, but it is to alarm, alert people that if you are red state, and I call somebody red state, that means it's not real flattering. It means you can't identify or relate to many people other than your own kind. And maybe within the other races, other political parties, they're that kind of person. We understand. But right now, my nemesis for this move of God, this movement of bodied of Christ diversity, getting along and being respectful to everybody, thinking green over time, green as in not religious, but growing and thriving and strong, Ephesians 4 community, this group has been my nightmare because they do not think they do not think any way but their own way. So that's why I do correction and Bible consultation and theological submissions of Selahs so that you can assess and see if you think that also, if it lines up with the Bible or not. So we're not under the law, and I'm a person of a human's ministry.
brought up by a respectful father who's a pastor and mother who were humans first. And it wasn't about our gender. It was about the biblical order of male and female, if you're married, and Ephesians 5.21, mutual submission in the fear of the Lord in home, in house, in business, and in fellowship with everybody, all colors. But it wasn't any big I, little you, lording it over, dominating or control. Even though I've had, not my parents, but through the years I've had people who do believe they are over me and dominate to control me. That's why I'm so strong, because I had to do that or else I'd be dead. Because there are that many people that call themselves a Christian that are really playing a game. They're carnal. They haven't really gone to God for healing. And they're full of self, ego. So when we're dealing with that kind of turf, I'll have some reproving doctrines. That's not the topic that I'm going to teach on 3J2. 3J2 is 3 John, little John, 3 John 2, Beloved, above all things, I would that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. It takes knowing how to get some good ideas, God ideas, Bible ideas, natural things to really work on focus on trying to self-prosper with God's help, your mind, will, and emotions, that's your human mortal soul, and you have a body, and it can affect that too. What goes on in the inside can come out, and this is not a perfect science. It's not a science. It's not a robotic formula. It is a bunch of bunch of tips that I have developed and used myself to keep me going strong and very joyful and peaceful and calm no matter what has not happened and what has happened to stop this ministry. But we're for the body of Christ. And when I reprove, it's for the good of the body. It's really more for Jesus' sake. I don't do it for any personal reason except I know when I was called when I was age 24, had accepted Christ at nine, rededicated my heart at 11, listening to Billy Graham through the door when my grandmother was watching him on TV back then. Then at 17 or 18, I rededicated my life and was more like a Jesus person. And that was right past the Billy Graham time. And then all these new movements and Christian TV came in later. And when I started ministry in 1987, uh, I was called right during the time prior, you know, right when the first TV scandals came. And I'd seen life before Christian TV, during the formation, during before these moves of God got so big and legalistic, before Christian television celebrity and the mass producing of who knows what all out there that's not organic, some is, and therefore I have a God-given perspective. But when I was age 24, after I was a Jesus person, after college, I was sitting in a Presbyterian, half-Presbyterian, half-charismatic church, because all the start of charismatic renewal and prophecy and all these things were just started, word of faith, vineyard, all those things were still babies, at least in my opinion, where I was on the East Coast. So I was there, and when I was in a Presbyterian church, only because, not because I was a Presbyterian, a devout Presbyterian, because they had good teaching and a good pastor. That's what my criteria is. My mother and grandmother had been Presbyterians, but they weren't the kind that were Whatever those doctrines are, they were just real Christians. I don't go through those kind of doctrines. So 
when I was sitting there in church one day, very peacefully, the Holy Spirit came to me and said, I want you to study the body of Christ, my people. There are different kinds of Bible-believing groups that truly are born again, that are all the different colors and know their doctrines, their pet peeves, their red flag buzzwords, and then their style and their worship. And then one day I'll have you build bridges to my people. And that was decades and, well, 40 years ago plus, 45 years ago. And I never knew what I would, what would, it would entail to do that, (laughs) complete that task. And I finished that task. I have never, nobody will ever finish anything for the Lord, in my opinion, but it gave me enough to cement and close that side of life. And now I can give wisdom and advice, experience, doctrinal teaching and training, and still keep on with my main work is to bring, you know, be a witness and evangelist. But right now I'm thinking, are the people that say they're born again Christians saved? That was my concern when I fled at the Lord's leading. I fled the Deep Southwest ministry, the plastic ministry, Christian ministry. And so it was a wake-up call for myself, and also a time of overcoming and forgiving, and a lot of forgiving, and then also getting to be this new person who is never this bold, never this free to just praise the Lord and pre, you know, ability to say what she needs to say for the Lord's sake as a person, not as a female, as a person. This is a person's ministry to people. And when I was called and Five years ago, let's say, I dropped out of the charismatic movement at the leading of the Lord during that time in 2012. I went into great process and hearing and thinking and evaluating. And the Lord one day about five years ago said, I've called you to be a Galatians 1, 1 and 2 apostle. And that's a training apostle, a teaching apostle, a non-table waiter apostles, even though I've waited tables many decades before. But now it's a non-table waiter apostle, training apostle. And I can teach on that another time. But it brings me to this topic we're trying to get to. How are we going to get there if we can't get there? How are we going to get there to the great new day, be a good witness, train people, get ready to go to, you know, Jesus should come soon and get along racially and diverse without all this accusation and ministry, sinister doctrines, if we don't talk about it and get it corrected, reproved, or just invited everyone to hear from God and be a noble Berean without being an accuser. So my bottom line also is the people are destroyed. What is the old verse in the Old Testament? God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Well, there's a lot of lack of knowledge about life, real life, practical life, and relationships in the fear of the Lord right now. And equal equal opportunity, real respect for the office of every human made in God's image. That's where we're teaching all this. And we have... Abiding Relationship Theology, and the website is relationshiptheology.org. Now, that is abiding in James 3.17, fruit in every relationship, E-O-R-R, equal opportunity, real respect for the office of the human. When I get my people in, my helpers, and also my new office, I will make this more plain and professional, but we're still getting the, the revelation through this time. So in five years ago, when the Lord called me to himself and he said, I've called you to be 
chosen you to be a Galatians 1, 1 and 2 apostle, it's like the Apostle Paul. Now, Apostle Paul's the famous capital A apostle. I'm not. I'm just one of the ones that have been called to this office chosen by God that says you are it says I'm not sent out by any one person and I'm not sent out with any by any one group. I and the brothers that are with me. We're out in the field. You know, the good news came to the shepherds that were out in the field. They weren't in the system when Jesus announced his birth. A little PS on that. So my kind of shepherding is not overseer shepherding called whelp. That's a whole nother story in itself, a classist system. But we are just an overseer in the fact that I mind my business, but I'm in charge of planning this work, this network, many networks. And I've done it for years. So it's Galatians 1, 1 and 2, not sent out by any one person, but by the Lord, not sent out by any one group, but by the Lord, I and the brothers and sisters that are with me. And that means they're alongside of me, not under me. They are not... I'm the head, let's say the grape in the grapevine, but they are not, I'm not their boss, their slave master, or their owner, which I've seen done. That's why I have to teach so specifically. I'm not their owner. They got to hear God for themselves. And we are so happy out in the field that is white for harvest, and we will have gatherings, but I will not own people, and yet we will hear what God says if he wants an ongoing fellowship. I will have it online very soon on a more professional basis, I hope. And I've got to, um, I'm working on that now, just a better location. So when we're getting ready to sound off with our 3J2, it stands for, Beloved, above all things, I would that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So I need to teach how I do it how I've done it when I had the most horrible relationship grief. I've had what the Lord taught me was this back in 2008 when I was forced into horrible trouble, horrible hell on earth when I had a forced divorce. I had forgiven for many years abuse, the stonewall silent treatment being controlled. And I was, I loved them. But that person said, you're going to get a divorce and I will not counsel. We will not pray. I will just, you have to get a divorce. So long story short, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I know you love me. (coughs) Excuse me. There is dust in the air here. And so, um, I said, well, I'm not going to sign the papers. So when I was coming home from not one night after I'd been out all day, it was like 11 at night. I was living in Texas then, and a server jumped out at me and said, here, Ms. Yarsi, and he served me the papers, and something came over me like a spirit. It was the most horrible, horrible pain and I've ever seen. It was like a real depression settled in, demonic. So that's when I found out that it was plastic Christianity and the spirit-filled groups out there mostly, and I couldn't relate. And and I'd been used to getting in the, I really know the Holy Spirit. So back in Virginia, I could go get in the glory, I could go get in worship, but there was none. So I went to the Lord, and all this has come out of that, how he showed me how to that he could resurrect me give me great joy, make me feel better than I ever have, 
younger than, than I've ever felt and just feel so good and joyful and powerful. It's amazing to give God the glory. So I will do that, but I feel like I need to really get to the deep foundations of all this, and I'll just do more tapes after this. So the Galatians 1, 1, and 2 call is by grace, great grace, because people are so, the Christians are so religious, and they're stuck in their field, their rut, their minefield. If I say a word apostle, <laughs> then they think, oh, she thinks she's Paul. She thinks she's a, you know, a, she thinks she's an apostle. Because there's a big deal at grassroots about apostles with capital A's. Well, I have to tell people in the Christian community, the way I see it, the way Lord's done with me, I'm just an off-scouring of the world apostle. Like Apostle Paul, no capital A. That's fine with me. I'm just myself being a servant leader, and I have an outpost, let's say. And I have a network, and I can teach and train and have a media call. And I can have a point of view that maybe can fill in the gaps with some of the religious teaching and false teaching. That's why Paul needed to be, he needed to be not owned by anybody or pressured or contained so that he couldn't say the real truth. Apostle Paul had a real reason for being not sent out by any one person, not sent out by any one group, because he needed his freedom to really say, read the riot act at times and also not be a celebrity. He didn't want to be like that. He wanted to be free to be what the Lord wanted, who the Lord wanted to say what the Lord wanted. Yet he was with other people like I am that will speak into his life that he rubbed shoulders with, that he fellowship with the saints. I believe because my work is right now very portable. I believe in fellowshipping with the saints. So I do go to church. I go to many churches and I speak in churches, but I'm also working to see what God has in store for the online fellowship. If he wants to have it for ministers on land and I will connect with people and then, you know, let the Lord put that part together. I'm ready. I'm a pastor. I'm all fivefold offices, but we're the off scouring out here with the real folk. That's what God wants. He really needs it now to really help the macro, the minor, excuse me, the micro ministries and then I'm an off-scouring of the world, a Christian off-scouring apostle to the mega, I think the mega celebrity ministries on TV. Maybe not the top ones, but the ones after that. I'm just a, off-scouring a fool to confound the worldly wise and all their tradition, all their hateful practices, all their diminishing and prejudice in certain kinds, in their because I've dealt with it. And that's why I speak up so strongly, because there's no big eye except the Lord. No more big eye ministry. You can have a big, giant group, but you can have renown. That is Bible. Renown, but not be celebrity. Celebrity, I can tell you a whole tape full on the pitfalls of being out in the audience with tons and tons of mass-produced, replicated fan club followers. I have been there for 15 years and now I found it even in this area, certain places. If I go to a big church and want to go, it will because they're just renowned in a big church. They don't take themselves too seriously. They don't have great legalism and doctrines that are off in their grassroots floor where I go. That is why. So there's nothing wrong with having a famous preacher 
him or her famous teacher. It's the fruit at the bottom where the harvest and the respect and the non-legalism occurs that makes the harvest possible, makes people want to go to church and join. I'm for the mega, I'm for the micro, I'm for any kind of ministry. House, church, two people, 25,000, equal opportunity to me. I just think the same. But I think you got to get on the same page now for the revival. And the Lord has said for me to teach all of 2021 on against legalism and accusation, backbiting, and Phariseeism for 2022. So we look forward to that. Um, when we go forth, we're going to make things more, hopefully more upscale. It's been the uh, off-scouring look. I understand it. But I've been celebrating the fact that I don't care. I really don't care. I felt like it was just part of this using the foolish thing of the world, the she thing in certain groups, certain kinds of groups, wealth groups, the she thing, the foolish she thing of the world to confound the worldly wise. Now, the African-Americans, they respect me. They get me because I respect them. I know their turf a lot more now than I ever did. And I'm sent to the deep South, even though I don't, I'm not legalistic on that, but basically I'm sent out in Dallas. I used to get Twitters. I mean, I got so inspired too much. One of them is for all of us, don't say that you're a part, don't say you wear a Bible belt unless you first change the plastic buckle that said it, certain doctrines out in the field. Don't say that you're part of the, that you wear a Bible belt if you, unless you change the plastic buckle. You know, <laughs> read a lot into that. You have my permission to read a lot into the use of the term plastic buckle, all right? So this is more of a reproving, but it's sort of an evening out how to explain what I'm going to do on onlinefellowship.us, which is the church. Because I'm letting people in the church that are interested know that there are other sites, tclleader.com, dfwleader.org, tavoleader.com, teammateuniversity.com, purepropheticprinciples.org relationshiptheology.org, many sites that I will be posting on, but the main site I'm developing with the more positive family, hopeful, and I will have links to the more sober words, but I'm going to really keep on this. We all need to grow and to be edified and strengthened and comforted during this hard season we've all come through and still are in. And we may need to know how to really cooperate and get over our legalism for the move of God and then protection and prayer. I love to pray so I can pray for people I always have. And then I need to know who's out there for myself to pray for, for us, for this. I need more teammates that are sent, chosen by God for such a time as this. And I value you. I also can do, this is what the Lord just reminded me, I can do mentoring and counsel. So I can mentor people, several people. I can also, um, you know, just really, there's some fee-based because I had, that's my tent maker. So there's a love offering involved with that mentoring or giving of, of a regular monthly amount of something that you choose. But there is a side that is for pay, I mean, you know, for the tent maker to live on, to to govern over. 
And so that is there, but I will do it only by divine appointment if you apply. And I'm not, and I'm choosy. I'm, it's, if it isn't the Lord, we don't want it. But I've been around in ministry for all my life, and it is a long life. Thank the Lord, 67 years. It's been so good. I don't, see, this is it. Let me tell you because of the Lord and all these great teachings and doctrines from 40 years ago and all the TV moves, if you pick and choose good stuff, I don't feel any, I feel 28 inside. I feel lively and adventurous and curious and growing. And like, I don't feel anything. I don't even think of the word retire. I'm the opposite. I think, oh, I just paid my dues more than twice the last 45 years studying for the, you know, all the doctrines and being out in the moves of God. Now it's my turn to come forth and even maybe get some income once in a while. <laughs> if, because it went, went on and my, I'd always had God provide for me. He's always provided and I've taught music lessons and I've, spoken, but I also was married and I just didn't feel that I needed to have huge amounts of money. But then all these things have gone on and now I'm up here and it's time to really make that church happen, to really teach on a balanced collection, a balanced tithe, and yet let God speak to everybody, not pressure people. So one day when the Lord leads, I am going to speak. I need to. He's making, I don't want to do it. See, I was came up as a Baptist, you don't deal with offerings like you do charismatics. I was brought up right in ministry when the big, you know, all the big teaching on tithes started, but then all the TV ministry scandal involving money. And that really did it for me because I saw the fallout and I don't want to accuse anybody. Those people were forgiven. I forgive them. But listen, since that time, it has been like the Eli Temple I priesthood in leadership in our nation. The first Samuel, Eli Temple I priesthood, <laughs> if you read it, they had a big issue of relationship, mistrust, abuse, and accusation with two things, God's offering money and women, the young women that came to the temple. That was the Ichabod that God took out those priests, the unholy priesthood. So when I've been out watching and surveying what does God want to do in this in the body of Christ for ministers, what is he want to do for revival so the church will go on? That was the balance. That's what concerned me. Would the church go on with all this who you know, fooling around? Big monetary achievement, no relationships, unholy, no holy fear of the Lord where I used to be. I was like, well, I better teach boldly and not hold back because the ministers aren't even saved. No wonder the millennials were going to drop out by a million of them. And by 34, I guess it was age uh, 2034, they were supposed to never come back and they take their children with them. So I heard that years ago before COVID. So it got me stirred up to think, how can we repackage fellowship with the saints? How can we really make Jesus Christ known for who he really was, get them ready for eternity, not scare people off or be friendly fire accusers with our legalism? So I have to, you know, prepare for that. And I have. But with that side, that's my reprover side. I know I'm not approved of by those who don't like reproving, but that's okay. It's not about them. This is about the Lord. But I am for not always reproving. 
and I can handle that. That's why I need to focus on myself and on the onlinefellowship.us, which is really the DFW Leader Ministry Fellowship.com. I'm going to be teaching on the 3J2 to jumpstart, to give people a teaching that they can help other people with, that they can help young people, people stuck at home in the pandemic, people who are oppressed, people who are poor me, self-pitying, they can't get their act together. And all these things are tips that if I hadn't done them and learned them from the Lord, I'd be like that. And even though I've had the most horrible, horrible, horrible times twice relationship issues with the body of Christ because of the doctrines and the poor training and their you know, upbringing and the poor me mentality. With God, I've never been more joyful, set free, liberated, even though I was never a woman's liber. I didn't have to be liberated. My parents brought me up liberated as a Christian to be a person first, not a female. So while I think real people in real life, real deal, I'm going to have to teach people who don't know that. They know the plastic soft candy side. That's why I reprove. But let's go back to the DFW Leader Ministry Fellowship and explain 3J2. All right. When I had gone through great battles of really horrible, like Katrina circumstances. My love that I was married 32 years, dated only love of my life. Never dated since. Never wanted to because I was scared he'd, <laughs> he'd turn up unless God put him in front of me. Now I'm ready. But I'm not looking. So the, anyway, so I, I went through like somebody cut my arm off. And it was such a horrible grief, which I will never, ever forget. And I don't want anyone to be stuck in that. It took, it was like waves of grief. And I would try to find help and compassion, weep with those who weep in Dallas, in the certain kinds of Christians. And I'd find like, oh, uh, it's your fault. Uh, you get accused because you're, you have, you must have unforgiveness. So I learned the hard way about pop psychology and some of these false teachings that you have to give people empathy and compassion. That's where I discovered a lot of it was the compassion fatigued Eli high priesthood who'd seen it all, know it all. Now they've got their formulas to fix it all. So we can, uh, we want to give people a better way. We're going to submit a better way for the grieving, a better way, not a bitter way, but a better way to be joyful. And what I found with legalism Sad to say it, everybody, but the legalists have no might. If I stir up a whelp spirit, if I stir up that hornet of the accuser for walking in the room, just like Jesus triggered the Pharisees, I trigger the whelp, the whelp religious spirit. You know what? It's because usually they have so many, they're uptight because of their training. They're uptight because they don't know males. They've never been a friend with a female they just saw as a sexual conquest or they hated their mother, something like that. A real huge Pandora's box. They have an ought against many kinds of women. So I come in there innocent, feeling like, oh, I'm just, you know, here to enjoy and enjoy the service. And that's when I found that spirit. See, my dad, all the men in my family, all these other born again people are not like that. They choose to be like this. 
So when I started to get racially stereotyped and biased against in 98, I thought, this is like being racially profiled, and they're white, and I'm white. So I started racially profiling back who, what kind of doctrine, what kind of look, what kind of age, what kind of background they had, and that's where wealth came out. So we don't want anyone have to be diminished, biased against, disrespected in the name of Jesus Christ. That's why I teach like this. Equal opportunity, real respect for the office of every human made in God's image. You don't have to agree with them. You may not like their theology. You may not know your theology, <laughs> which they don't, but we can at least train you. So to make Jesus' house more popular and Jesus' name be positive, we teach and train. But to help the saint, the saint that's got a business or a family or pressure or testing or your ministry or you have a religious spirit after you because of your call, we're here. That's what the online fellowship is for. Also to comfort you with some of these other, when I reprove and lambast a bit, respectfully lambast dfwleader, for instance, .org. dfwleader.org, that's the emag. But then I also am a very playful person. And, you know, ironically, this sounds so, you know, tough. Who'd have thought I had to be like this to be in ministry? I didn't want to be like this. I never knew that you had to be these days. They're that mean. Certain places. And these aren't Baptists or <laughs> that kind. So I really am a hilarious comedian. I really am. And I have this creative side that out in our new area near uh, Rock Hill is going to be our first office up to Charlotte in South Park and Fort Mill in between anywhere the Lord leads us anywhere in the land via an app or FaceTime. I'm a very creative brainstormer and give you great ideas for your leadership. Stir up your thinking, untamed, give you funny ideas, witty ideas, new things to do for your ministry. I can, I love to do that. That would be a love offering. But that's how I, you know, the Lord provides, but it'd be up to you, whatever amount. So that will, you know, call and make an appointment. I'm going to get my secretary and everything. When I get into the location, we'll have my secretary ready to take phone calls. And also you can email at dfwleader at gmail.com, dfwleader at gmail.com. I only put the email because if we feel it's somebody of the Lord that's really sent, we'll give you our, that we can trust, we'll give you the phone number. That's how I do it. Also, as long as we're up here, I'm still sent to Dallas. I was an apostle still sent to Dallas as an office apostle. And I'm not upset. I'm just glad to be out of there. But I still know what goes on. I know who and what does what over different places and I've been around in this as a prophet many years 30 years in the spirit of prophecy so we're here for the body we're here for our nation to make Jesus name more favorable to make sure that everybody knows Jesus was Middle Eastern not white that he can identify with tribal multicultural just like we can but when we get to our 3J2 we're going to get on it. We need to get on that and get it going because you build yourself up in the Holy Spirit in your most holy faith from the inside to the out. And it takes repetition like you do muscle and weight training. I do both. Therefore, I know that sometimes your brain 
and I'm going to repeat this just to get none of the backstories, none of the other things, you know, I've talked about on this. I'm going to make another one plain tape. All right. It takes your Greek carnal worried brain that sees the nightly news and hears all your the sorrow and your children crying. It takes you investing time in God's word and the Holy Spirit for hours, maybe 10 minutes here, five minutes there, 25 minutes there, but you do it regularly like you're working a muscle, doing a spiritual mental workout to unclog your soul of unbelief, of unholy mammon chasing, or whatever it would be, the world's news, the cares of the world, the fear oriented society, the plagues of the world, dread for tomorrow, all these things are what you have to do to get going and then know about God's power and might. Not being religious. We don't want you to be religious. We don't want anybody to beat anybody down with their Bible. I've had it done, seen it done more than twice in my life, more than, you know, growing up. Not my parents, but out in the Christian in the last 30 years I have. So we know exactly how to help you ward off a lot of the religious stuff. Hopefully we'll still do that in this new move that used to go on, such as character assassination, gossip, poor me, and formulas. We don't want formulas, but these are helpful hints. And just as the Bible teaches us, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That means faith comes by hearing it, not just once, but multiple times, because it's a spiritual thing. It is a spiritual reality that what goes in your ear, this is in the Bible in Mark, what goes in, it says, be careful what you hear for what goes in your ear is multiplied seven times or four times. It's multiplied. So if you hear negative, complaining, worry, fear, horrible stuff, untrue stuff, it'll filter down and be multiplied and you'll get a deposit left in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And it could be demonic. It could trigger your health. It could not, but we don't know. It's Nobody knows for sure, but I can tell a difference when I have been close to God, cast all my cares, make sure everybody's forgiven, not worry about tomorrow, not worry about what I know should be worried about, and I'm not an accuser or a backbiter, a whole lot of things. And I'm a pretty joyful, happy camper. And I get in my Bible and I've claimed a lot of verses and I need to claim, you know, keep in the Bible to be balanced. And I fellowship with the saints and I laugh. I take off and I don't think about myself all the time. So many helpful tips. And then you might have some helpful tips that you could send me to share with people. And, you know, the main thing is I don't accuse people. I do not gossip and I have never told tales. And there is a difference between having one or two people that you would vent to, like my mother or somebody, and tell the real deal, because life is cruel. Some people are hard. But then, that didn't mean you don't forgive them. You just vented because you needed to vent your human. And it's like iron sharpens iron. Maybe they'll say, you were wrong. Or maybe they said, we understand we met the same kind. Or maybe it's like, Jesus, weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn. I'm not a complainer. I'm not a backbiter. You know why? Because I love you too much to bite your back. But I love you also. God loves you enough to have me say it straight to your face. Why? 
Oh, she's not sweet like baby Jesus, these people say. Some of these people talk like, think like that. If you are plain, upfront, confront, reprove, just to get things doctrinal reproof, to get things clear, to work things out, you're not sweet like baby Jesus. That means they want to keep control and they've never had anybody stand up to them. They're that tough and mean. And they also have false doctrine because it says to confront, it says to reprove, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, they're my foundational verses, as well as Matthew 18, 15, Galatians 6, 1. These are all respectful James three seventeen principles of relationship theology in the body of Christ. If anyone wants to know, you can always call me up and chat with me if you're a minister. So with that going, we have a huge foundation. I have a huge foundation of knowledge on this topic, and it's for the Christian leader, and it's for the Christian families. It's for the Christian moms and dads. It's for the Christian bill payers. It's for the Christians to have a Christian in the future that people really want to follow Christ. It's for the people with babies in the coming along and that are in the womb and future of that so you will have a body of christ and you will know how to deal diverse not pc we don't want that but how to get along and use ephesians for community not formula so i'm going to be teaching but i would laid a shade of the foundation of why they're wheat and tares i've been out with a lot of tares in the field in the last 30 years that are blocking the harvest. One of them is Isaiah, the national word Isaiah, to the priests and leaders of God's people in Isaiah 1 through 3. It says, you, the leaders, are blocking my Holy Spirit move. That's Isaiah 10, 27. You're making, because of your little g-gods, because of your false teaching, because of your vanity, you leaders are blocking my move, the neck the yoke-breaking anointing that would make your neck so fat that no fierce culture could take you over and wipe you completely out. That's Isaiah ten twenty seven. That's why we're doing it. A mega reason. And so we are tired. God's tired of the poor witness of many saints. He's tired of the false witness amongst the Christians in ministry about the saints. His people about his people. So that's why we are being bold and strong and not compromising and trying to be respectful at the same time and paint a portrait that anybody who tunes in that has had any kind of religious snake in the grass can get the freedom to examine the Bible for themselves. If you felt like it's a cult spirit, it very well could be. I felt a lot of cult spirits in the last 10 years in mega ministry. Not all of them are cults. Not all of them are bad. Some of them could be occult, but I'm talking mainly the cult follower, celebrity, but not everyone. There can be wonderful versions of that, really wonderful and healthy. But then after a while, you notice that suppression or the conformity or that there's only one way of thinking. That's my concern right there. But then you can have others that are like, Oh, happy, clappy, blind followers, you know, clubby and following and not and shallow. So we want to say there is weird fruit out there and good fruit, but there needs to be better fruit. It's not self-righteous fruit in our land to conform to Ephesians 4, 
relationship-wise, respect-wise, knowing about doctrine-wise, no legalism, leadership on the same page, basically diverse community, because that is where the society gets changed. By the transformed Christian body, it changes and challenges the community. It wakes them up. So they want to be more like, you know, know about Jesus. But we can see the lack in our society now that people don't, they hate Christians. A lot of them hate Christians because they've never met a real one. When I had saw the riots turning over statues, one mixed race uh, person on TV said they should tear down the statues of Jesus because it's a sign of white supremacy. And you know what? I understood him. I thought, first of all, he's mixed race. He's really had it hard. He's never met a real Christian, only a hypocrite. And he doesn't know that Jesus is Middle Eastern because people just don't talk of him like that in the white community, if that's who he's been circled around by. So we're making it plain. we got to really invest in equal opportunity, real respect, and make it more understandable to the common human that Jesus wasn't a white supremacist and he wasn't a colonial slave driver owner. And I I mean, those people, the ones that are still colonial slave driver attitude in churches, they're my nightmare. They've just been awful because they are, they're the opposite of Jesus. They're the opposite. They're religious, not Christian. So we have been through it, but we're so glad. And that's why I keep my joy. Excuse me. <coughs> There's something. It must be springtime. But I um, I have to say that there is a day when God does, it gets fed up. And I feel he's there. I really do. I feel like he can, he can, I think the move of God is outside the church. He just wants Pentecost, but he doesn't want dominating Pentecost. He wants a Baptocostal move that you can choose it or not choose it. And he wants everybody who's the remnant to stand up, rise up and take action and show his heart. Show the father's love, the mother's love, show the heart of the daddy, the real great heart of instead of religion, instead of all that rough treatment, conformity, plain old playtime, whatever this is that goes on, shallow Christ following. Hail fellow met, shallow Christ following, and also the we are the only way, you know, we're the we're so righteous. That accuses people. You know, they don't look like us. They're not white like me. They're not black like me. They're just, you know, they're not, they're, they're liberals, not like me. I'm a red state. All right. It could go both ways, but I'm talking to the red states because they're all white, <laughs> basically. Not Republicans. I'm not calling the Republicans that. I'm calling them red state. That means they don't know how to relate or care or respect anybody unless it looks like them white. They're we colonials, we centric. We own the world. We're used to being over everybody. That was in moves past. We're for you, but not your untrue doctrine. For your bad attitude, snarky, orneriness. We're not for that. God isn't. So I'm out of there, but I can't help but wax strongly for our nation due to that. Because these are sub-pockets, but out in the deep southwest in Texas, I'd never met so many per capita. It's changed my whole life. It did. To stand up, toss over the few temple money change. It was errant doctrine, errant attitude. 
when I was out there, I used to think, man, if they want to keep this state red, red Republican, they're going to have to do a better job. All these liberals are moving. If they get turned off by all these unloving Christians who say they're, you know, who can't handle a Democrat and respect them, man, you're lost the state. So you better think on it, everybody. Pray about it, every state. But then you also, at the same time, it isn't about politics. It's about who you're going to serve. That's really it. If it's mercenary, fund fund chasing, or fun chasing, or it's Roman aristocracy, everybody better worship me in ministry. I'm the big prophet. I'm the big cheese. Caste systems. You got to choose who you're going to serve. That's Roman patricianism. Roman patricianism means everybody has to be under us. Roman patricianism, if you study Jesus back in his day, well, his nightmare culture, other than the Pharisees, were the Romans, and the Romans were the 80, the, the patricians were the 80 dominating aristocrats who were over the state of Rome and could command death or life or many different things. They were, they were the ones that held slaves, everything. And that's just like patrician shepherding. It's just a lot like overseer shepherding whelp. It really is. So I don't believe in always being, I believe in being this bold when the Lord tells me and he wants me to, and it's needed now. But I also don't want to keep that on our 3J2 side. I want to be more fun, more light and serious, serious fun. And a lot of pressure that ruins our joy is fear. A lot of fear has to do with money and relationships and people. So we're going to deal with that. And I've been around it. So I understand all these principles are amazing. They're really amazing. So keep on tuning back. And I'm just letting you have a general how this came together, how it came to be, consensus. But then you hear from God for yourself. God is good as mercy endures. Don't please people. Please the Lord. Please, please the Lord. But you don't do it in a dominating, disrespectful way or demeaning or biased. You let people hear God for themselves. You, James 3.17, in closing, this is our criteria for myself, for yourself, for relationships, even under pressure with mama and daddy, with teenagers, with spouses, with fellowships, with friends. When pressure comes, the accuser wants to follow. The deceiver, the accuser, all these nightmares. So everyone immediately start to try to develop their skill with God's help, going to him for strength. You'll need the strength to do it under pressure in a relationship, big issue, because it can be uphill. One person cannot be like that. And one person could be. So it's better to train people to do it. All of it to, to say, I will try with God's help to be James three seventeen, even under pressure and long trial. James 3.17 says that the wisdom, any wisdom that represents above, which is God, eternity, Jesus, is going to have these traits. It's pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And to the best of my ability, I am that way all the time and have been all my life. God bless you. His mercy endures. It's going to be fun if we can get ourselves, our cheesy selves, out of the way, God's way. 
God bless you. This is Tevo signing off for now. Bye-bye.